Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to the AEW Rampage Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of the Rampage Baby. Uh, but before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, oh! pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a very good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidrich to look ahead to... I should point out as well uh, that we are recording this due to a weird way that our summer holidays work here at What Culture. We're recording this on Thursday, so when TK inevitably announces, actually, Punk Mox uh, for the titles uh, tonight. Um, we, we didn't know we didn't know in advance, so we've recorded this on Thursday, but hopefully that will not be the case. I doubt it. Would, I reckon we would have got a spoiler indication. Yes, you would You would sense that. But there is title matches to look forward to tonight. Let's dive straight into it, Sige. Uh, Swerve in our glory taking on private party really quite looking forward to this yeah not in a sort of a must see way or expecting a five star classic or anything like that um just to get a minor gripe out of the way these tag team titles do not feel remotely important that is as a result of there being far too many titles altogether but in terms of the individual booking we've seen what them put Smart Mark Sterling's face into a cake, and then they set up a rampage defense um, with like a pretty minimal 30 second pre tape. Look, they had a fun match on Rampage the other week, but it feels like they're not that important. And I feel like this trend's going to continue. It's going to be more like a Jurassic Express adjacent reign where the bulk of the stuff happens on Rampage and. The matches will be fun without being absolutely spectacular. And, you know, when I wake up on Saturday morning and watch this, I expect to have a good time. Mm -hmm. But let's just say I'm not going to spend Friday, like, in awe of the imminent prospect and now like that. But Or avoiding all spoilers, because I think we all know which way this match is probably going to go. But it is weird, like you say, considering where they once were. And I, I realize it was, you know, maybe a different time. Young Bucks, obviously, old them FTR. 
Omega and, and Page is another obvious example, but it is wild to think that a month or two ago, you and I were sat here pitching that these tag titles headline the pay-per-view in a couple of weeks. Oh, Christ almighty. I know we didn't know the status of CM Punk. Um, we did not know the status of um, Kenny Omega. We just thought, right, amid this injury crisis, you've got an absolute mega-match prospect for virtually every single belt in North America and Japan, but in North America not governed by Triple H or Vince McMahon, yeah, as opposed yeah. to he was then. Yeah, so much has changed. It's radical. But yeah, they've got a tendency to do this for the tag team titles, and I'm not a big fan of it. Um, their importance or lack thereof is usually dictated by who holds them, and it just feels like Keith Lee's a big star with a big fan base who's kind of universally beloved. So let's just stick him on Rampage. It's just nowhere near the heights of 2020 when that tag division was at its absolute peak. Like, the actual roster itself wasn't as, like, loaded as it is mm. now, but it just feels like they've got a great tag team division. No, a roster without a division. Um, but, yeah, this should be fun. Lest we forget, Keith Lee wowed everyone with an all-time great AEW debut by yeeting Isaiah Cassidy yeah. across the ring. It was spectacular. I expect that spot not to be repeated, but to be tweaked in an even better way. Perhaps he could just launch him over the top ropes mm. and have Mark Quinn catch him or something like that. Uh, maybe he could yeet Quinn this time, or maybe he can do a double yeet, <laughs> um, a consecutive yeet, or something like that. No, this should be really fun. Um, Swerve Scott and the other t the two members of Private Party can work like a really nice match around um, Keith Lee, who can then come in and just start yeeting people left, right, and center. This should be absolutely fun slash fine. Um, it's the same deal with Rampage when it's taped. Usually when something awesome happens, you know about it. Yeah. Um, not always the case, so I might be pleasantly surprised. But and it, the thing about Rampage as a show, it's that it's three or four incredibly predictable matches, and they've stopped really going all out to give you incredible matches that are predictable but so good or reported from people in the arena to be so good that you don't really care that you kind of can guess the result. Four predictable matches, minimal story development. Look, it's no wonder it's getting killed in the ratings. I absolutely adore AEW at its peak. On a Thursday, the best Thursdays, I think about little else. We record incredibly long podcasts. <laughs> we basically repeat the takes we make in those podcasts across the desks. We're all such mock nerds who are hyped about it. It is, in my opinion, over this three years, the most fun I've ever had watching wrestling. Mm -hmm. And across its range, it's the best I've ever seen from wrestling. And yet Rampage... Oh, I could just easily miss it. Yeah, I, I can understand the ratings. Like you know, there's certain um, dynamites where they're incredible, but the prospect of those dynamite shows was incredible. Like Moxley Jericho for the title, or you know, even Mox Punk in Chicago, which didn't do that great a number to be honest. You sit there on an evening, just casually going through Twitter, and you go, "Oh, look, the ratings just dropped," and you think, "What?" <laughs> because it's usually quite static or yeah. even from last week, and you're thinking, what is wrong with you? I understand why certain fans don't gravitate towards AEW because I love a top star versus really good wrestler who's probably going to lose match. But ultimately, WWE offers 
And it's a con because half these matches don't have finishes, but they do offer matches between guys they position yeah. frequently as big stars. So I can understand why certain Dynamites don't get a big rating because it's just a different, patient, real slow burn model. But there's certain Dynamites where I'm thinking, what? That's the rating? Are yeah. you joking? With Rampage, I can one million percent understand yes. why those ratings are piss poor. And I know that that might feel like a Disco Inferno, Jim Cornette, Vince Russo take, right? Because if you look at the wider state of the TV industry, which has had a horrific year across the board in mm. 2022, apart from WWE, which is somehow flying, <laughs> like it's still top five in its time slot. It's still a bad time slot. There are equivalent shows on Saturdays instead of Fridays where it's piss week even more so than Rampage. But if you look at from where it was to where it is now, I don't have that incredulous, huh? because <laughs> that's got an excuse to drop my new thing. It's I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to preview the rest of this bloody show. Yeah. I, I, just a perfect example as you reiterate what you said there. This morning, we just started recording this on Thursday, I woke up and I was so, and I know people complain about when we do this, and I try not to do this, I promise, whenever I do labeling of the podcast to spoil it for people because I know people get upset by it. But and I, I wake up early hours of Thursday morning to watch last night's Dynamite, as it was. I literally have this weird thing where I sort of half open, I open my phone without really looking at it because I'm worried there's going to be, a, like, a Twitter's going to have yeah. sent to me, you know, you saying, oh, my God, I can't believe X has come back. Or someone sending us a question saying, oh, what do you reckon about this? And on the rampage, I'm just like, oh, I'll go about my day on Saturday. And, and like, oh, oh what, did, what, what did they do for ups and downs? Oh, I guess that happened on rampage then. Yeah. Like, it just it just passes me by sometimes. It but, has um, fallen off, to use um, the uh, yes. vernacular of people far younger than me. And you, you know me, I'm a sadist. So uh, the one spot I'd like to see in this tag title match is, I agree, you don't, you should, it's diminished returns, as you often say. You don't need to do Isaiah Cassidy getting yeeted again by Keith Lee. I like the idea of uh, Mark Quinn getting yeeted, maybe out of the ring. But regardless, Isaiah Cassidy, not necessarily laughing at his friend, partner, but more sort of like, whew, dodged a bullet there. No Keith Lee, no Keith Lee yeet for me. Yeah, he just gets pounced uh, like, like out into, of the ring, out of the ring, yeah, the into, into the crowd or somewhere, just mu even further than the yeet, if, if humanly possible. See, that's an awesome prospect, but it's not something you're going to set your alarm to watch, exactly. is it? Like, you know, next week, Mox versus Goddamn Punk, everyone looked at the match graphic. Well, what? <laughs> I'm going to read Twitter like diligent, like vigilantly. On that Thursday, UK time, 9 o'clock usually it drops. And if that doesn't go over at least 0 0.40 mythical 1 million, yeah. I'm going to sit there, Adam Wilborn, on my couch, 9 p.m. UK time, and go, huh? That's <laughs> <laughs> not going to do. It every time. Uh, another uh, title match we've got um, on tonight's Rampage uh, is Hook's first FTW Championship defense against Zach Clayton? So you I'm not going to I'm not going to run into the ground, but that you know what I'm thinking, don't you? Yeah. What am I thinking? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> like Zach Clayton, uh, fiance of Jay Wow, I believe, off of Jersey Shore. Is that right? Yeah. Thoughts on Jay Wow? Eh? <laughs> um, 
I honestly thought you were going to go, oh my God. I, I, I'm just going to just double check. Oh, oh no, sorry. <laughs> Press the wrong button there. Sorry. No, you didn't. You <laughs> right this much. Um, it's it's one of those things where, like, you could go on YouTube, go Zach Clayton, Derek. Let's see what this fella's got. Right? Uh, can he get judo takedowned and choked out within forty-five seconds? Oh, anyone can do that. Yeah. It's just a... Uh, it's a way to get hook on telly. Like, and it's a way to get... Oh, this guy's got a kind of a minor in, like, internet celeb fame and a social media following, I think. Maybe some of those uh, simps of his <laughs> will watch our Rampage show. Yeah. It does nothing. Not a thing for me, this. Yeah, I don't know whether this is going to be used... I don't think it's going to be used to advance any Starks, Hobbs stuff. So the best you can hope for, like you say, is a fairly straightforward squash. And just and a good challenger coming out. Yeah, and maybe Taz putting over his son a bit more. It's, it's I mean, it, it is the most obvious squash match I've seen in quite some time. Yeah. I just don't care. I just simply don't care. Mm. And, like, the end of last year, I was absolutely ballistic about Hook. Mm. And even with this sort of subtle... Reboot, if you like, or yeah. rehab. I'm still not really caring that much. But, you know, it's. I'm sure you'll do something of substance soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. 
Mm. Um, speaking of uh, next challenges, uh, all we know about the Rampage is uh, we hear from Claudio Castagnoli. I haven't really had a chance to talk to you about that excellent match with Konosuke Takeshita, of course, at Mate, Battle of the Belts. Yeah. Uh, how do you follow that? I don't know. You don't. It was so good. It was so good because like, they could have just had this ridiculous fireworks festival because they are the two men in wrestling with bodies that you think, you have no right to do these ridiculous things with those bodies. It is unbelievable. It's a spectacle and a gut bone-deep feeling. I watch these guys and just think, how on earth can you do this? And they did those, how on earth are you doing these things together? And yet it was so psychologically rich. It was so dramatic. It was such a great story that it was not just this superficial blockbuster. It was a superficial blockbuster with incredible narrative depth and absolute note perfect crowd psychology that got what three four like five standing ovations mm, standing ovations like ultimately the number is immaterial because it got standing ovations out the ass <laughs> and you don't just do that by doing like really impressive stuff it has to be perfect spectacular my mind has just been blown i can only do a standing ovation for this Standing ovations out the ass. Um, and they thought Takeshita was winning that goddamn title. Yeah. they And you know how, the thing is, your rational mind, you know how Tony Khan books. He doesn't book, well, he did for the TNT title earlier, but those are rule proven exceptions and they don't count because they've just been quickly forgotten about. He books two, title, two types of title reigns. Very long reigns with frequent defenses. Not every week. Mm-hmm. Not every fortnight, but frequent defenses, and they go on for months to establish the fact that winning titles is a hard accomplishment because they are prestigious and they matter. Or, in the case of FDR and Mox, he, there's a short title reign where he was like a speed run for prestige and credibility yeah. where FDR and or Mox won every single week. You know that he was not going to switch that title. You just kind of knew. And yet, because the match was such a wonderful exercise in crowd psychology, which is basically crowd manipulation, the success of which is measured by volume, that they did a fantastic job of making you think the switch is going to happen. How do you follow that? It's kind of process of elimination at this point. Um, I expect him to hint towards a challenger or a challenger to come out or a challenger to respond in a pre-tape later on that night. And it's got a process of, of elimination. Who's preoccupied at present, who has a firm or fairly straight, a firm direction or a clear run towards the all-out card, and who hasn't? And I should have researched this because I've got no idea. Well, I was just thinking then, because I was thinking back of like, like Bandido, for example, who who challenged uh, Gresham, like the interim, they, they did sort yeah. of two champions thing at the Supercard of Honor in April. And I was just looking, I was thinking, right, we got Gresham, obviously. Roosh won at Supercard. You got that. And then I was like, do you do Brian Cage? What's he up to? Oh, he's, I know what he's up to. He's bitching about not getting pushed on Twitter well, again. There you go, that's what I'm thinking. I hate any storyline where it's like, I'm being used incorrectly by this promotion because it just instantly casts the promotion, keyword promotion, as bad slash heel. Maybe not the case of Brian Cage. Oh, t- like, give Brian Cage 15 minutes to show he's yeah. And then you say, like, you know, you can. I don't know if this still even bothering with this whole Tully Blanchard Enterprises thing. But no, he's yeah. gone. 
But yeah, that you can argue, right, well, we had this big thing set up and you beating Jonathan Gresham effectively, they can work it. So it's like, and then everything fell apart because that'll happen because we lost our figurehead and then Tully and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I just say, you know, I used to be in a stable with this guy. It's a, he's a big bad to, for, you know, can, can, yes, in an answer, yes. Can Claudio do the moves that he could do to all the other people? Look at the size of Brian Cage. Like, yeah. it's it's an intriguing comp. There's going to be, like, a struggle there mm. to watch and to execute the moves. Now, Brian Cage is good for what he is. It's just, when you got Takeshita and Claudio filling that role of, oh, my God, look at the moves these people have no right to be doing, mm-hmm. um, and they are actually so good at it or so naturally charismatic where Cage just isn't. It just feels like Cage is... Cage is a once futuristic performer who's now a relic. Like, it's the wrestling industry has passed him by. Um, so I don't actually know. I'll take Bandido, I net. Or Roosh, because he won at Supercard. Yeah. Uh, Athena versus Penelope Ford advertised for tonight's Rampage as well. Athena uh, looks set to be... Jay Briscoe. Actually, no, because it's an AEW segment and the Briscoes aren't going to be on it because of their past. Yeah, yeah, move on. <laughs> uh, Athena seemingly being set up as one of the biggest threats to Jade Cargill's title reign and streak, I should say. You know what? From my bitchin', <laughs> this is actually an interesting pairing because you've got a wrestler coming back from injury who they have liked off and on against someone who they're quite clearly pushing for a match with Jade Cargill. So it's it's still probably not unpredictable um, because Athena's more likely than not going to win. Um, but at least it's better than he is a star act versus someone who's been on dark a few times. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. It's still it's a little bit better than the the, the traditional Tony Khan women's match fair. And you know it should be a decent match, I think, because I, I agree, think Penelope Fawn's yeah. an underrated and Athena. Well, I don't know where she's at now. She's shown glimpses um, in AEW so far. Nothing close to something like Ember Moon versus Asuka, but you know she got a lot of mileage out of her interactions with Jade Cargill, which a lot of people can't actually do. So there is something there. Yeah, I think it's going to be not numbingly predictable and maybe an over-delivery of a match based on expectations, which are low because, you know, Penelope Ford is super, super promising, but she's never been allowed to realize that promise. But she often... Or more often than not, in fact, delivers in the spot. So, yeah, I've got high hopes for this. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think, obviously, Athena wins. Uh, it'd be interesting how they handle it now, obviously, with, with Chris Statland and being out in terms of her not having a mate in a corner, potentially, for, you know, they've got the, the bad old baddie section. Uh, I don't know whether they'll get involved here, but um, going forward, it's going to be intriguing. And like you say, it seems a relatively obvious match to hoy on the, the all-out card that yeah. people would buy as... Oh, it's not just another straightforward Jay Cargill title yeah. defense. Like, who's it she plays? Anna Jay and Conti now Mello. Mm. I think those are the two pay per view opponents she's had this year at Revolution and Double or Nothing. And uh, I, neither match was great. And the prospect of a switch just wasn't there. But Athena being new and a star on NXT before at least adds some drama yeah. to that. Uh, finally, we've got another match in the uh, trios it's tournament. Like preview and friggin' velocity, this. <laughs> Another match in the trios tournament. Best friends, truth, uh, truth bust, truth, trust busters, trust busters. Thank you. I don't. I get it wrong all the time as yeah. well. Usually, 
What's going on with them? So Don't Sun- care. Sonny Kiss has joined. Ari Davari's got a trust fund now. They've got the, the former Heartland, now Parker Boudreau. Uh, no word is actually who's representing the Trust Busters in this. You want me to assume Sonny, Parker, and Ari, but they've got Slim J. That oh, it's Slim, it's Slim J. He was on the graphic, was he not? Oh, there we it's go. It's not the original three. <laughs> the original three. Jesus Christ. Bullet Club, bloody OGs. Trust Busters, OGs. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, look. You know what pisses me off about the trust buses as well is that not only is it a waste of my time, not only would I not do this, um, but they are doing effectively two versions of the freaking trust busters. My understanding from how little I've been asked to actually watch the development and formation of the stable is that Ari Davari has said that the whole purpose behind the trust busters is hidden treasure that he's clever enough to make money out of. Parker Boudreaux cast aside, even though he's quite clearly money. I'm here to show that he's money and give him a chance. Slim J, overlooked, despite a really cult rave-received indie run. He should be on television. He should have been on television years ago. Sonny Kiss, incredibly promising performer, overlooked by AEW as an organization. I'm here I and myself have been overlooked as well. We're, being, we're all being overlooked and we're all losers who should be winners. We're... Isn't Malcolm Bivens essentially doing the exact same thing? Isn't uh, Lee Moriarty like, lost more than he's won and yeah. maybe he's been guided incorrectly? Hasn't Ethan Page, Ethan Page been example, complaining yeah. about... You know what? Ethan Page, since day one of that company, literally losing the face of the revolution ladder match... And Scorpio Sky was being underused as well. Their whole bit was where two underused guys coming together to take what's ours. Ethan Page is now, oh, an underlooked guy who's taken, like, piss off. <laughs> Spent his entire character. And I know he's being booked like this, so it's a stupid idea. But between Moriarty, Ethan Page, and the Gun Club, who are losers, it's basically putting four losers together, revamping the losers with a new direction where you think, all right, well, if it's a new direction, I'll invest in it. The Trustbusters, and whatever the name of Bivens uh, Hathaway stable, it's exactly the same premise. Mm. We're getting two Trustbusters. I don't need one Trustbusters. It's a weird part of the tournament. Get it over with. Have the best friends win. Um, I expect at this point that, because Trustbusters discourse is a little bit like, everyone is basically looking at the Trustbusters and thinking, what? <laughs> because this, why waste time? Why waste time? You've built, you've built, you've built, you've built, you've built. Begin in Lash Legend in a minute and building her. It's like, don't mm. book the people you've got. It does feel like whoever wins this, whether it's best friends or trustbusters, they're not making it past the semis because in their bracket, you've got the Dark Order, who I sense are probably going to lose to eventual finalists. Yeah. The House of Bleg. Yeah, so it's kind of a redundant one because, as you said, these are the losers... It's, this is the wooden spoon. Like the sixth place playoff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, because everyone, apart from the odd contrarian, because everyone's just going, what? Mm. At the Trustbusters, <laughs> I think if they'd won on a taped show, that there'd be capital D discourse of Jesus Christ. You see, on TK's, he lost his mind even more than he already, than he already has. Uh, he's bloody put the trust buses in the semi... He's put Parker Boot... Like, imagine this cursed sentence. Like, you know the monkey's poor word? Mm-hmm. Fair. You know the Simpsons gag about, like, that's good. Uh, oh, that's bad. Yeah. AW are going to do 
introduce a trios title. That's good. They're going to do a trios title tournament with Will Ospreay, Phoenix, and Kenny Omega, and Nick Jackson, and Malachi Black. No, yeah, Malachi mm-hmm. Black and Brody King. That's good. Parker Boudreaux's in the semifinals. What? <laughs> so the best friends are going to win, and, you know, it might be fine. Alden can't say anyth- anything else because I was just looking at the brackets and on Wikipedia. They've already been updated, so I know who wins this match. So there we go. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts ahead of a Rampage tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. And if you're thinking, oh, bloody hell, four day weekend for the boys, how am I going to fill this, this, this AW shaped hole? Normally on Monday, we would review Rampage. We're not going to be doing that because we're going to be putting our feet up. Probably. Well, I'm not. Well, yeah, granted. Parenting. But you've got big AW, big, you've got that, that, everyone's got that AW hole inside of them that needs filling, and it's not going to be filled by the AW Rampage review on Monday. You know what could fill it? Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW, my book, 120,000 impassioned, insightful words, all about the formation of AEW and its early history, available now at Amazon. Once again. Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. Type it in Amazon, buy it, read it, love it, then thank me. Uh, Adam Will Ward on Twitter for me, at WhatCultureWE for all of us. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, uh, you can hear the preview for SmackDown right now with myself and Michael Hamlet. But for now, this has been the Rampage uh, Baby preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.